welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning, and welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor appointed here, and this is... Shelly Eney, whose mic is not on. It might be now. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> and I am the liturgist for today. And we are delighted to be together in this sacred space on this sacred day. Uh, coming in this morning, uh, somebody asked uh, Craig how he was doing, and his response was, best day ever! And I think that it may be, who knows, for all of us, the best day ever is always a day when we can come together and worship God as a community. So let's invite and, and welcome those that are watching online this morning. Welcome, friends. I encourage you all to fill out the Connect card. You'll find it as a QR code in the bulletin or online, or a uh, physical card in the pews. And particularly make note if you have a prayer request that you would like uh, me and the prayer team to hold in our hearts this week. And now if you would stand for the call to worship. We come to worship this morning from different places. Oh God, oh God do, do not be far from us. We come to worship this morning for different reasons. Oh God, do, do not be far from us. We experience the presence of the Spirit in different ways. Oh God, do, do not be far from us. We hear God's words with different ears. Oh God, do not be far from us. Do not be far from us in our worry, in our fear, in our doubt, in our loneliness, in our confusion, in our hope. Oh God, do not be far from us in our peace, which is ultimately your peace within us. Do not be far from us as we worship and as we live. Amen. You would think I would have known, since I wrote that, that it wasn't the end. Well, my friends, as we gather together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we begin our worship reconciling our hearts to God and one another with the passing of peace. You may offer signs of peace in whatever ways are comfortable to you and your partner. The peace of Christ be with you all. And also with you. Peace. peace.
be seated. And I would invite the young folks in the congregation to come and join me in the front. I cannot believe this. Oh, good, 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 Harrison. God bless you. Man, are you ever going to hit the jackpot this morning? <laughs> you want to have a seat here? I have something in this box that I'm going to share with you in a little bit. But first of all, I have some pictures that I wanted to show you. Because when you first come in this church, you may notice something special right at the very entryway where the front door is. Have you ever looked at that? What's there at the front door? Do you know? Here, let's show one picture. There's a little walkway. Can you see that up there? And let's show the first video. If you walk along that path, what do you see there? What's it look like? Yeah, exactly. It looks like rocks, doesn't it? And is there something special on any of those rocks? Perfect. They have words on them. They have words like hope and forgiveness and they have words, what else, what other words are on there? Peace, acceptance, what else? Kindness, I think, is out there. They're very important words because they remind us of two things. They remind us of gifts that God gives to us. God gives us peace and love and forgiveness and acceptance and all those good things and kindness even. But you know what else? They remind us of what we're supposed to give to other people. Just like God gives us love, we're supposed to give other people love. And just like God gives us peace, we're supposed to offer peace and help other people to know peace in their hearts. And that's why those words are there. And you know what? They're also there on a path. And I'm so glad that you picked up on that. You, he told me that it was a path of rocks. Why do you think that is? You know what? I think it's because that path reminds us that we're always walking with God, whether we're aware of it or not that we are always receiving these gifts and we are always supposed to offer these gifts. And that path reminds us that wherever we go, every day that takes us a different place, helps us to see different people and learn different things, we're always walking with God. So I have something to share with you, for you to take home, to help you remember that you are always walking with God. This is actually a box of rocks. And they are special rocks because they all have the word peace written on them. So why don't you choose the one that kind of shimmers for you that says, take me home, Harrison. Oh, look at here, we have some others. Would you like a rock that says peace on it? Well, they, say, they all say peace. 
but there may be one that really says to you that you want that one. All right. Let's pray together. If you'd repeat after me, dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for helping us love others. And thank you for your peace. And all God's children said, amen. Thanks for coming up. We'll see you all a little bit later. You guys can take your rocks.
Amen. Just a word of introduction to the scripture which Lou will read for us this morning. It comes from the book of Colossians, the third chapter. Now this letter, which is attributed to Paul, but probably not written by Paul, in any event, it contains a common early Christian understanding of baptism. And it was undoubtedly written to combat the teachings of those who were seeking to undermine or destroy this early Christian community. The imagery that the letter lifts up of, being, of having died with Christ which is first outlined in the book of Romans, is then augmented by Colossians' emphasis on what it is to be raised with Christ. The image is meant to convey that as we go under the waters of baptism, we die with Christ. As we come up out of the waters, we are raised with Christ. Now, the Apostle Paul, in Romans suggests that Christians will be raised in the future. But for the author of Colossians, resurrection is a part of our present experience from the moment we accept Christ. So that the status of baptized believers has more than doctrinal consequences. Colossians points to its ethical ramifications with a series of if-then statements followed by some behavioral imperatives. Our baptism, our rising with Christ is supposed to make a difference in how we behave. 
And the motivation for all the changes we make when we follow Christ is summed up in the last verse of our text today. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Christ. Let's listen now as Lou reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. My name is Lou Lurie. Please rise in whatever way is meaningful to you for the reading of the scripture. The scripture lesson today is a reading from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and 12 through 17 in the Common English Bible version. The scripture. Therefore, if you were raised with Christ, look for the things that are above, where Christ is sitting at God's right side. Think about the things above and not the things on earth. You died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And over all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you are called in one body. And be thankful people, the word of Christ must live in you richly. Teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, and give thanks to God the Father through him. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation.
seated. Well, some of you are very happy having sung that hymn. <laughs> well, here we are, my friends. Week three of the four weeks in August when you got to ask for it, your favorite hymns and some sermon topics. Now, several of you requested a sermon focused on letting go of anxiety or learning to relax. So today, the question before us is this. How can I work toward inner peace? How can I work toward peace within myself? Well, as Bobby McFerrin might tell us, it's easy. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> but of course, inner peace, it's not all that simple. And it may not feel that easy to come by. I ask you, who here has had a week full of nothing but bliss? No headache, no heartache, no grief, no anxiety, no worry, no frustration, no sickness, no muscle pains, no allergy attacks, no need to wait in line or call customer service or be put on hold. No bills in your mailbox or solicitations in your email inbox. No conflict of any kind. No bad news received or heard or read. Yeah, it's not likely that any of us have had such a week, unless perhaps we've been in a coma. <laughs> For that matter, it is not likely any of us can claim to be happy, happy, happy every moment of every day. And yet it is still possible to be at peace within yourself. Psychologist Ashley Davis Bush puts it this way, people often look for circumstances to help achieve a sense of inner peace. And yet we all have a deep reservoir of peacefulness and serenity inside us. We just have to learn how to tap into it. Hmm, a deep reservoir of peace inside us. One of the things that I love to do when I am on Maui is to go snorkeling, to swim in the ocean alongside brightly colored tropical fish, great green sea turtles, maybe an occasional octopus or stingray, even a shark or two. And it can be a little tricky sometimes, getting out beyond the breaking surf, where the water is rough and visibility is obscured by the churning sand. But once you get out beyond the waves, things calm down. Your vision clears and you find yourself in a place of amazing beauty. I think that finding and maintaining inner peace is kind of like taking that journey out past the breakers. Life is often busy churning things up around us. But if we can just keep swimming, 
If we can just keep going deeper and deeper beyond the surface of any given moment, we come to a place of amazing beauty, a place of serenity and peace. Jesus seems to understand this in his famous don't worry, be happy sermon, which we find in Matthew's gospel. You remember how he says, consider the lilies of the field or the birds of the air. God cares for them, God will care for you. God knows there are plenty of waves, sometimes even tsunamis that come our way. But don't forget, there is more under the surface than meets the eye. Or as Colossians puts it in Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed in things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That is where the action is. So how in the world do you do that? How do we work toward inner peace? One very practical way to do it is by employing what Dr. Bush calls micro-practices and what I might term micro-vacations for our busy, distracted, worrying minds. Here are six of them that you might want to try on for your own inner peace. <clears throat> the first one is this. Pay attention to your breathing. Your breath is always with you, which is one reason why yoga and meditation begins with bringing attention to it. One of the most common ways to do this is by using the 478 method. Try it with me. What we're going to do is this. I'll tell you and then we'll try it. First, we're gonna breathe in through our noses for the count of four. Then we're gonna hold that breath for a count of seven. Then we're gonna breathe out through our mouth while you count to eight. Let's try it. Breathe in through your nose. Hold that breath. Breathe out through your mouth. Paying attention to your breathing, it's like taking the first steps into the ocean. Well, another micro-vacation to try is visualizing your particular happy place. Now, this may be some place you visit regularly, or it may exist only in your imagination. It may be as exotic as a far-flung tropical island or as mundane as under the covers in your bed. As you see yourself there in your mind's eye, try to immerse yourself in its sounds, sounds, sights, tastes, smells, even tactile sensations, so that you feel like you are really there. Next, you can read the story you've been telling yourself to find out if it's true. We all tell ourselves stories, and sometimes it's important to stop and to recognize what is really happening? What are you really experiencing? And what are you not? 
Don't try to resist reality or run away from it, but what is it in the present moment that calls out to you for your attention? And how might you offer yourself loving kindness in that very moment? Next, you can make a joy list when you are not stressed so that you have something to draw upon when you are. You know, it's far easier to identify your own particular life preserver when you are gently bobbing on the calm surface than it is when you are struggling through the crashing surf. Having that list handy in times of joy can help you in times of sorrow. Next, you can try tweaking your gratitude list. Now, we all know the power of keeping track of what is happening <clears throat> that makes you feel grateful. But when you are in the thick of things, it's also helpful to take a moment to list the things that are not happening for which you give thanks. <clears throat> when my daughter Kate was young, she sometimes had a tendency to catastrophize events in her life and to worry excessively about small things and to rob herself of inner peace in the process. I finally figured out how to help her, and the best way I knew was to join her. If the issue at hand, for instance, was a concern about a test or a grade, I might say something like this, oh, you're right you probably will fail that test. <laughs> and then you won't graduate from high school, and then you won't be able to go to college, nor can you even get a job, and you won't be able to pay rent, and you'll be all alone living on the street, and your hair will all fall out, and nobody will love you, and you'll probably end up in jail. Sometimes the simple act of being grateful for what is not happening can restore our inner peace. And then the last one that the psychologist suggests is don't forget to maintain good self-care. Oh yeah, yeah, we all know this. Get enough sleep, eat nutritious food, get balanced exercise, spend time in prayer and meditation, make time for friends and family, play as well as work, and don't forget about giving back. Again, as Colossians might say, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God has picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It is your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Working on your own inner peace, establishing it and maintaining it is a daily endeavor. Taking on even one of these six micro practices will help. Or if you prefer, you could take a little different approach and follow someone else's advice of 10 things to give up for inner peace. You might want to give up engaging with toxic people. We all know that the people who surround us affect the way we think and feel. 
So why would you want to hang out with people who lie or cheat or gossip or bully? Boundaries, people. Boundaries. Secondly, you might want to give up excessive self-blame. So let's try that right now. Repeat after me. I am not in charge of the whole wide world. Some things are beyond my control. Amen, brothers and sisters. Amen. Third, you might give up chasing happiness. Thinking that you need to be happy at all times, it's just not realistic, nor is it even true for what it means to be a human being. And momentary pleasure is just that. It is momentary, as opposed to long-term satisfaction or joy. Four, you might want to give up staying comfortable. We all think that if we stay inside our comfort zones, we'll be safe. But avoiding discomfort takes away from inner peace. The thing is, there's always going to be discomfort. So you have to be willing to face your fear and to venture into new experience, even to test your limits, if you want to really maintain that inner equilibrium. Number five, perhaps you'll like to give up the victim mentality. If you blame your problems on external circumstances, events, or other people, you'll never take responsibility for your life. Seeing yourself first and foremost as a victim, my friends, that is like trying to fight your way through tsunami-sized waves. Number six, you could give up trying to impress people or comparing yourself to others. You can waste a lot of your life trying to make someone like you. Likewise, you can lose a lot of yourself trying to measure up to your idealized vision of somebody else's accomplishments, beauty, intelligence, artistic talents, and the list goes on. This is what my friend likes to call stinking thinking. Number seven, you could give up the pursuit of perfection. To strive for excellence, to be your best is healthy, but insisting on perfection is a fool's errand. You will never feel good enough if you set the bar impossibly high. Number eight, you could let go of hanging on to grudges. You may think that your resentment or bitterness punishes someone else, but really it only reduces your life. Holding a grudge is like drinking poison, hoping someone else will die. <laughs> or it's like you are renting out free space in your head to a hostile tenant. Why would you want to do that? Number nine, you might want to let go of the quest for material things. Someone once asked John D. Rockefeller how much money is enough. His response was, always a little bit more. No matter how much you make, how big your house, how nice your car, or how expensive your clothing, the quest for material things can become all-consuming and rob you of what you want the most, that inner peace 
<clears throat> Finally, if you wanted to let go of something else, you could let go of complete self-reliance. Thinking that you can do everything on your own, that's another example of the stinking thinking that gets us in trouble. It's true what John Donne famously quipped in his metaphysical poetry, no one is an island. So, back to the book of Colossians, where the author gives us one final exhortation. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Let the word of Christ have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of God. Or as Jesus says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard thing comes when the time comes. Okay, so now you have six things to put on or 10 things to take off in order to work toward your own inner peace. <clears throat> Which leaves us with just one more question. Why? Why does it matter? Well, I could point to countless medical and psychological, even sociological studies, which link inner peace with life satisfaction, health, happiness, even longevity. But instead, I will leave you with just one thought. This one from Eddie Hillison, an inmate who was killed at Auschwitz at the age of 29. Before her death, she wrote in her journal, ultimately, we have just one moral duty, to reclaim large areas of peace in ourselves, more and more peace, and to reflect it toward others. And the more peace there is in us, the more peace there will also be in our troubled world. You might even say we are called to get out past the breakers and discover the beauty just waiting for us in the calm. So come on in. The water's fine. Thanks be to God. Amen. <clears throat>
My friends, as always, we have a list in the back of the bulletin of prayer requests. I want to lift that up for you so that you know to take that bulletin home with you or find it online and keep those persons and places and situations in your prayers. Let us pray. O God of listening, God of silence, God of peace, hold us in silence, we pray. We seek you, God, in the midst of chaos, in the struggle of daily life. We frantically seek you in our rush of words and worries. Bring us back in silence, we pray. You, Jesus, you promised us peace beyond our understanding. We understand so little about peace in a world full of turmoil, change, and conflict. In silence, help us to remember your promises. O Holy One, we breathe in your love. We hold it for a moment. We breathe out our hope. God of listening, God of silence, God of peace, Hold us in silence and grant us your peace.
Now hear us as we pray together the prayer which Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite us now into a time of giving. In the sanctuary, the offering plate will be passed, and I encourage us to be generous as God is generous with us. If you are online, you can give in a couple of ways. The first is online at edmundsumc.org give. Click on the give link up in the top right corner. And the other way is via mail. You can send a check to Edmunds UMC, 828 Caspers Street, Edmunds, Washington, 98020. Trust me. 
Loving God, these gifts we bring as signs of our gratitude and our love for you. Use them and use us to make your love seen and felt in tangible ways here in this community and throughout your world. In Christ's name, amen. And um, first of all, next Sunday, uh, we'll have another um, opportunity to come together and to learn a little bit more about loving our neighbors. Who is my neighbor? That's what we wanna find out. Who is within the 10 mile radius around us? And so we're gonna be teaching a very simple tool for you to go out and have some one-on-one -on -one conversations to find that out because it makes no sense for us to dream up great mission ideas without knowing who's in our missional neighborhood. So next Sunday, right after worship, uh, that'll be a, I, I promise you it won't be more than an hour, probably less than an hour. So grab a cup of coffee, a treat, and plan to stay in Wesley Hall. Also coming up will be our annual homecoming day. Homecoming Sunday is on September 17th. And I want to make this announcement now, really early, so all of you can scour your favorite recipe books and to find your own award-winning chili recipe. Because a part of homecoming is going to be a chili cook-off contest with fabulous prizes. Ha, <laughs> huh? yeah, yeah. Maybe in a couple of weeks you'll get to see the first prize. Anyhow, um, we'll need a lot of different uh, chilies to uh, judge together and to see who comes out as the winning recipe. Um, also, want to put in another plug again for volunteers. Uh, we need a lot of volunteers to run this place, especially now. If you can help with uh, children's activities during worship, please speak to me. We have a crying need for that. If you can help in the office Monday through Friday, any, any of those times or days. Uh, pretty, it's pretty light duty, answering phones, greeting people as they come in, occasionally doing a little bit of folding things, helping to get mailings out, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm just gonna point out there's an announcement about needing volunteers. And finally, um, if you are just waiting for an opportunity to uh, ring some bells. I have some very good news for you. Um, we are going to be returning to our chapel bell choir uh, this coming fall. And so talk to David Hendricks if you are interested in being a bell ringer, uh, because we are very excited to be able to bring that back. All right, without further ado then, uh, will you stand in whatever way is comfortable for you and we will share in our closing hymn.
Now, my friends, let us go out to be God's people in all God's world. Let us go out past the breakers and find that inner peace within. May the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen.